Now, grab your Bibles if you will, and let me read you a story, a very familiar story out of Luke 24. Luke 24, beginning at verse 13, you follow in that which we know to be inerrant and inspired and infallible. Luke 24 at verse 13. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him, and he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor of Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened uh, there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God, and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen even, they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly to saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon." Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God, that endures forever. This is a very familiar story. It's a very quaint little story about... um, on the road to Emmaus. In fact, there's a whole ministry that was... I mean, there's, a, there's been a lot of people inspired by this story. In fact, a whole ministry has arisen um, that is named after this little village known as Emmaus. Uh, people love this little story. It's a post-resurrection story. That is, after Jesus has resurrected from the dead and, and uh, you see it unfold. And perhaps knew it long before this morning. But it contains several little theological gems in it. For instance, in, in verse 27, when, when you say, when you find, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted them all the scriptures about himself. You get there, uh, one of the theological nuggets is that you get there, Jesus' view of the Old Testament. Um, what Jesus, the, the way he viewed the Old Testament is outlined for you there in, in verse 27, and that's very important. Um, that's one of the things that we could talk about. But, of course, the thing that stands out about the story, the thing that um, that people know about is how obtuse are these two men, Cleopas and his buddy, as they as they in this doleful march uh, on their way to Emmaus. 
it, it really is quite an example of how little the followers of Jesus Christ understood uh, when Jesus mentioned about his sufferings and that he would, raise on the, he would rise on the third day and all that business. They, they obviously didn't get it. Uh, they should have known more, you would think, but they didn't. You know, after he had mentioned on several occasions that he was going to rise in three days, and and uh, you would have thought that somebody, after he was crucified, would have thought, well, you know, today's the third day. You know, maybe maybe, maybe we just ought to go over there and look at it at least. And, you know, who knows? Uh, you know, we might be... But not a one of them did that. Nobody did that. In fact, the only reason that they ever found out about it is because women went over there to... Um, uh, to prepare his body for long-term burial, you know, the, to wave in some some perfumes and some spices. I mean, nobody, no, it never registered with anybody what what Jesus had been teaching all of his life, or through the throughout the course of his ministry. And even um, there is a we're told in verse 20, oh, 21 through twenty three that there's a fairly reliable report from some women that he is resurrected. And, and yet here they're still trudging down this road with the weight of the world pressing down on their shoulders. You know, that Jesus had said all this and these women have reported something, and but they're still walking with great sorrow and heaviness of heart. And after they've told their story, Jesus, um, well, they, well they, 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 they say, you know, we had hoped. We had hoped that, that he was you know, the, the Messiah. But, you know, all our hopes are dashed. And, you know, we're just confused and disappointed and disillusioned. And you can almost hear the moans and the sighs of these men as they talk to Jesus. It, Jesus, in verse 25, calls them foolish and, and, and slow of heart. And then he explains the, the, the whole Old Testament to them. And how it refers to him. And they still don't get it. And, and instead of being offended by being called foolish and slow of heart, they invite him for supper. Um, there's something about him, but they haven't figured it out yet. But there's something about him that intrigues them. And so they invite him to stay, even though he's insulted them by calling them foolish and slow of heart. Now, guys, at that supper, I want you to notice... I want you to notice what it is that finally brought clarity to them. Um, They invite Jesus to stay, and he does. And in verse 30, we're told this. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened. We're, We're also told that in verse 35 as they're relating it to their friends. It was through the act of the breaking of bread that the mist seemed to be rolled away and the scales fell from their eyes and they recognized him. In in this event of breaking the bread, the lights went on for these two fellas. My point is this, guys. There is something about this sacrament that is clarifying. Um, Though though other things may confuse me, you know, I, I was, I was, I was born into a Methodist world, and then, you know, later on after I got married, we became Baptist, and now we're going to this independent kind of Reformed church, and. 
you know, they all got their own little spin on things. And, you know, I'm kind of confused about all this. I mean, I might be confused about a lot of things. But this sacrament is supposed to be an occasion where things are made clear. Where the real centerpiece of the Christian gospel and message is, is, is clarified for me and everything becomes plain. Guys, this sacrament in its, in its simpleness, it, it's supposed to simplify. It's supposed to clarify. It's, it's meant, it's designed to be simple. No one will ever be able to stand before God and say, well, you know, God, you know, I, I really would have become a Christian, but for the life of me, I couldn't figure out all that stuff. Okay. If that's you, I want you to watch. Did you get it? Guys, sacraments are intended to minimize words. Not much more needs to be said as you watch me do this. It's designed to be simple. It's designed to clarify. So that all of the other confusion that you may or may not have, that there will be no confusion about the very essence of the Christian gospel. And if after watching one of these, you're still confused, then it's either because you want to be confused, or even worse, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, he said, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. Because, ladies and gentlemen, This is so simple that anybody ought to be able to get it. And that's the genius behind it. Folks, I I don't know where you stand, but whatever, wherever that is, I, I can assure you That if today a savior is what your soul longs for, then here he is. Take him. Christ, Christ crucified. It is Christ's death that provides life for all who embrace him. See?
Isn't that simple? Our Father, I do pray that the gospel that is proclaimed here at Grace Evangelical Church will be one so clear, so beautifully simple, that no one will ever miss it. And that you will use this sacrament this morning to remind everyone in this room of the beauty and the simplicity of the gospel which is Christ crucified for sinners. Now, Father, meet us at this table. We ask it in Jesus' name.